Hello and welcome. I'm Greg Martinelli and this is the Ag Sales Professional Podcast. And the purpose of this podcast is to make you the best salesperson or sales manager possible in agribusiness. Well, good morning, everyone. i welcoming a great guest here today, Jody Lynch Finley out of Maryland. If you are a young uh, career-minded individual and you're looking to go into agribusiness and particularly sales and, and maybe even specifically the equine world, um, Jody is joining us, and I'm I'm excited for this. Jody, welcome to the podcast. To start off with, I would like to ask you, who do you serve? Like, who do you work with, and and what is it that you do in your your business? Awesome, Greg. Thank you so much for having me. What a fun connection! I know that we we met on LinkedIn, and I got your book, and so I'm so excited to be here with you today. And when you ask the question, you know, who do I serve? I get so excited because it really comes down to I educate, inspire, and empower the next generation of leaders. And so I will I will say that first and foremost. And so what that means is that when it comes to ag sales and animal health. I am on a mission to help teams and individuals at every level get stronger. And so I'm really focused on that skill building around human connection. You know, we focus so much on academic and clinical or technical skills. And when it comes down to it, I believe that the piece that's missing today, as we look at the diversity of generations and genders, is the human connection. And and that really is what I'm focused on, because when we improve our individual and team communication and really work towards greater human connection, we're increasing our communication, our effectiveness, our satisfaction with what we do, the results that we're trying to achieve, and overall, our relationships. Perfect. Well, that's we're going to dig in. Those are great points. We're going to dig into that. And uh, but, but tell us a little bit about your background, how'd you get here and, and, and what, what led you to this and how'd you get to Maryland maybe? So tell us about your background. Well, I'll say that I was born in Maryland. So I, you know, that, that came pretty naturally. So I started my life in Maryland, but I will also always claim Kentucky. I say that I ran away to Kentucky just as soon as I could, (laughs) but uh, first and foremost, my career is all thanks to FFA. My high school ag teachers, I will go back and say that FFA, if you have the opportunity to get involved in that organization, if you are already involved, those are the people that we want to hire. They, you know, the skills that we learn, I did horse judging and public speaking, everything from nursery landscape competition to floriculture and everything in between. So high school FFA was a big part of who I have become. And the journey between then and now really has been 20 years of a sales career. So I was so lucky with the connections that I had early on that helped to grow me from a first generation college grad to a thriving sales career. I spent six years with Purina Feed in the mid-Atlantic, kind of that Maryland, Pennsylvania, New Jersey market. And then after... Uh, deciding I was ready to go back to Kentucky again, where I had gone to college, 
I went back to Kentucky and I have spent the last decade working for Zoetis. So I was the equine specialist in central Kentucky for the largest animal health company. So it was really a tremendous career before almost a year ago now, I decided that it was time for me to give back in a different way. I have just had, you know, been so blessed in my career that I was really hungry to get on stages and speak. I have seen and served so many of my customers on this passion of mine around people and how we connect our people more productively. And so now speaking to organizations, workshopping and training with organizations, that is just that that's what I'm meant to do in in this stage of my career. Excellent. Well, here question for you, because this is one of the things I, you and I have kind of a similar background. I didn't do the pharmaceutical. So Zoetis was pharmaceutical type sales. Yes. I did, I did work in the animal nutrition and they're very, very similar. One of the things that I noticed was we, we got a lot of people who wanted to work in the equine industry that wanted to be a trainer or work with horses. I mean, they loved horses. So they wanted to work. Yeah. With, now, the struggle is there's not a lot of jobs for trainers then there's not a lot of benefits in that business and compensation is a much different animal than when you work as a salesperson so when you went through your degree and I, it sounds like maybe you had some horses in in your youth or maybe not but when you went from your degree into how did you go into sales what was it that drove you there or did you view it as hey this is what i have to do in order to be in the equine industry or um, a natural fit or how, how did that goes? I, I had a lot of people who didn't want to be in sales for whatever reason, but yeah. they wanted to be around horses. And that was a yes. such an interesting question because I talk about that all the time. Mm-hmm. And I started a podcast this year too. And I, that we have covered that topic, you know, choosing between sure. the barn and the office or, yes. you know, anything like that. So for me, it was, I knew that I wanted a professional career and that was important to me. Now, when you go and get an ag or ag business, animal science type degree, everyone's like, oh, do you want to be a vet? I never right. wanted to be a veterinarian. Yeah. And yeah. I knew that I wanted to be somehow in a professional role as it related to ag. And then when I went to college at Western Kentucky University, again, just blessed by the people that, you know, have been put in my life. I was working for a local feed retailer and feed mill. And it was at a time when really I was the first female on staff other than the owner's wife, you know, who was in and out. Right. Yep. But it was really where I started to learn the language of feed sales and ag retail and customer service. And then there was a Purina rep, the regional rep, who took me under her wing and I got to ride with her. She taught me how to do horse owner meetings, cattle owner meetings, retail, what I call retail detail as it relates to ag. And that is where I fell in love with ag sales. There was just no question that that was my fit. I got to be a leader. I got to do some speaking. I got to learn and teach and help. And it it was everything that I wanted to do. And I didn't know that I wanted to do it. And I think that's the biggest struggle is people don't understand how much involvement and how engaged you are in the industry. They they probably, most of the time, if they're reluctant, they're reluctant because maybe they came off a dairy farm or the uh, a crop production farm and their dad didn't like salespeople. So they're like, you know what, I'm not going to be that kind of person. 
and they don't realize the involvement as you mentioned uh, an, a manufacturer salesperson you're covering a large geography you get to engage with dealers direct on you're on farm you're in dealerships you're talking about the retail industry and it's it's a wonderful experience and you really learn a lot about business in general i mean you learn what yes are and how to manage a business and what's overhead and all that good stuff that for some of us it's fun to learn and 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 i think so how do you encourage folks when you're talking with the let's say an auditorium of uh young professionals or maybe soon to be young professionals what is it that you and tell them to inspire them and in, in, in what, what are some of the key things that you try to impart in in their lives with your presentations yeah, I, I think first for me, Greg, it is mindset over skill set. So again, I go back to maybe the piece that is missing in so many of our organizations today is our ability to listen and connect at the human level. And so when we talk about our mindset, it really gives us the responsibility to learn about who we are and what our skills and strengths are. I am very much a proponent of pursuing personal and professional development. Sure. Now, that has come really in hindsight because after working for both Purina and Zoetis, I can look back and say, wow, the investment in me from a professional development standpoint has been tremendous. Yes. And right. so one of the tools that I focus very much on is the DISC behavioral model. Sure. And I love DISC because what I believe is, A, it's based in science and data. B, it's very simple to remember and understand and apply. Right. And C, it's really focused on giving us the tools that we need in order to be what I say, a better Jody today than I was yesterday. Absolutely. If I'm aware right. of who I am and how I naturally behave, but I'm also becoming aware and learning how to read a room and how to understand the people around me and how to be just a little bit more of a listener right. and be able to respond and adapt. So very much focused on mindset first. Our skills are trainable. You know, I always talk about hiring character and training skills because we can all learn how to do something. What we are not naturally learning today really seems to be how just to take a breath and be authentically ourselves and really understand the value of human connection. Sure. And before we dig into that, I want to ask you this. Um, as you get out here, you mentioned earlier uh, some some that you focus on maybe younger folks. And almost every training, every group that I get around, the subject comes up about we're struggling to find good, hardworking new people. And, and companies are struggling to find them. And Individuals are struggling to find a company that would be dedicated to them and give them a career. And so we we hear a lot about job hopping and the millennial discussions and all that. Give us a little bit of a, a, an, a your focus, your opinion, just kind of a how do you take that and maybe coach the, those individuals? Because a lot of that's what you're dealing with is younger, new generation coming into the workforce, yeah. how to incorporate and become a professional how do you look at that so that it's not the standard old, this generation doesn't want to work and all that kind of nonsense, which is, 
I heard it, you know, I'm, I'm 58. And so I heard it 30 years ago and I watched TV and saw, you know, shows that were talking about the hippies now called the boomers, that they weren't working. Right. We're going to turn the world over a bunch of people that were lazy and shiftless and didn't want to work. And I hear the same thing in this generation, you know, it's, it's all kind of nonsense, but, but there's some, some things that you can coach people on. And what what are some, maybe some messages yeah. for that generational type stuff do you do? Yeah, I love to talk about that, especially when I have the opportunity to work with an organization that is multi-generational. Mm-hmm. And I am quick to say that our argument and our conflict between the baby boomers and the millennials is finally settling down. Sure. And it, it really is. One of the reasons for that, Greg, in my opinion, is that now that the millennials are the majority of the workforce, the baby boomers continue to retire. Right. But now that we have Gen Z, Gen Z is, if you look at the data, I love the term bringing a new vibe into the workplace. Sure. And so- I think that the conflict is settling a little bit, but we now have the responsibility to take advantage of that. So as an organization, I am quick to acknowledge that the baby boomers totally changed the world and they they really have led us through a tremendous time in the overall work experience and after the industrial revolution, et cetera, et cetera. But what they also had was a very traditional hierarchy and structure. Right. And that's going away. And we have to be able to acknowledge that that is going away. And what I really want to drive home is that we have to empower each of our employees and team members to lead from where they are. Our millennials have a tremendous amount of ideas, right? So they came in and they changed a lot of what, the baby boomers established, but now Gen Z comes into the workplace, continues to grow. They also, they have a huge aptitude for connection and they want connection. They want to be flexible, but they want to have an impact. And so they, they want to have a great impact on what we do. We have to empower every one of our employees to lead from where they are. So wherever, if it's an hourly employee or if it's a manager or whatever the case may be, we have to be more collaborative than we have been. And that's where the coaching comes. Sure. And so take that into maybe some some key points from, you know, communication was a big component of what you mentioned, you know, taking our teams and the the, the human connection, obviously coming yeah. from some form of communication, whether it's electronic yes. or verbal or in person or whatever the case. And 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 take us through a few communication key pieces that you're that you like to, you know, here's my podium. Here's what I really love to to inspire to people in in a generational, multi-generational complex. Because I think most of our companies, yeah. you know, there's there's at least two, if not three, I don't think the fourth one's in there yet, but, uh, you know, it's still at least two and, and, and to some extent, three generational type things that go on. So what are some of those key points? Oh yeah. And, and it is for the first time ever, we're seeing three, four, and now almost five generations working together in some places. So it, it, I start by saying that work is our opportunity to express our talents, our passions, and our skills in order to contribute to our community. And that's no different, no matter who you are, what age you are, what gender you are, it doesn't matter. You know, that work is 
our opportunity to contribute to our community. And while we know that communication is the number one top demanded skill across all job openings, now what we are learning is that the fastest growing in-demand job skills this year in 2023 are flexibility. They are professional ethics, social perceptiveness, and self-management. Those are brand new. Like that's brand new kind of, you know, skills. When we talk about skills, we're not used to hearing things like professional ethics, social perceptiveness, self-management, and flexibility. I think we have to be able to discuss those things and what that means. And when it comes down to it, it means emotional intelligence. Yeah. And it's that's a that's a subject that if you start bringing that up in some groups, their their eyes roll in the back of their head. They're like, "Oh, what are we talking about? Are we all chanting and sitting yeah. around?" And 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 I always I did a thing yeah. during COVID was on soft skills, and I call them essential selling skills because people when they heard soft skills or you know they thought, "Oh, that's the easy touchy feely yeah. stuff." It's actually they they're they're reversed. They're actually the hardest skills to pick up and learn. And you usually don't learn them in life until you're older and you realize I could have used these, you know, 20 years ago when I was ruining reputations and not communicating and you know, bossing people around as the manager or whatever that was that you we all make those mistakes in our career. So I think it's great that you you bring these into the fold. So question for you, let's kind of shift a little bit of gears. How do you work with groups? Are you are you doing one-hour presentations? Are you doing in-person type workshops, zooming around the world, or kind of what's your what's your focus on working with a team? So it really is what I call workshopping. And to your point, I, I don't want to just um gloss over the fact that you're right, especially as we look at and I'm I'm not shy, even in a room of male baby boomers to say male baby baby boomers don't want to hear us talk about emotional intelligence and those kinds of things. Right. right. But I promise you that I do make it applicable and fun. So I just actually landed last night from a trip where I worked with a group and will continue to work with them. And it really is workshopping. We've got to get up out of our seats and we've got to move around the room and we've got to be able to have conversations about why this person is feeling offended by this person's natural behavior to be direct and to be blunt and those kinds of things. And so in my opinion, when we are able to present those kinds of concepts and turn them into skill building and actual tactical strategic solutions that we can practice and build on, it's no different, Greg, that when we, how many, how many role plays have you done in your life as a sales professional, right? How many role plays have I done in my life as a, lots of them. Right. And we all roll our eyes at role plays, but they're effective. At the end of the day, we continue to do them because they're effective. Sure. You know, they can be done better. They can be done more effectively. But at the end of the day, when we are together in person and we are workshopping and we are building skills that we can utilize and practice, that's my approach. So it is an organizational workshop approach that I use. And um, it's 
it is different, especially for the ag and equine industries. We are not there yet. I think there's there are other industries that are far ahead of us oh, as sure. it relates to organizational training and coaching and things like that. And we have to catch up if we want to continue to and retain our top talent. This is this is the kind of skill building that builds culture. And just to to your point, if we are trying to attract the young people that we want, we have to build culture and they're ready to build culture, but they need our help. Yep. And it's got to be slightly different than, than the good old boy club. And I think that's what's yes where the, the, the two collisions happen where, you know, hot and cold air meet is, you know, we, we, we had a strategy that you stuck with something and then you got bumped up and then you were there and that that is slightly changing. And I think that's some of the things. Well, let me ask you this as we sort of land the plane on this podcast uh, episode. What would be two actions that you would say, hey, here are two steps or activities or action items that you would recommend a, a young professional listening out there as well as maybe hiring managers that they could take right now in the furtherment of this career progression and and doing better at the the soft skills, the communication, the the human connection. What are two things that those organizations could do to to step up their their game, so to speak? I think for me, Greg, if I think about that, the first thing is from an individual perspective, I want you to consider a coaching relationship. I want to take mentorship to the next level. I think we talk a lot about mentorship, but when it really comes down to it, do we have someone who's willing to coach us? Do we have someone who is 10 plus years ahead of us doing something that we think we want to do? They are willing to spend the time with us to be not just a mentor that might not be, like I think there are very successful mentorship of relationships out there. But I think when you enter into something like a coaching relation relationship, it's slightly more structured and there's a little bit more accountability. And that's what I really want is I want you to be accountable to someone who is working through skill building with you. And in that relationship, certainly I want you to pursue what I call some kind of self-development tool. And so I mentioned DISC. I work a lot in DISC. I'm also a big fan of Clifton Strengths. And there are others out there. Some of those that are more popular today, we've got the Enneagram, we've got Working Genius. There are multiple platforms, but what it comes down to is find something that works for you and find someone who will work through that with you because it really is not powerful until we are able to truly apply it. So the coaching relationship, as well as utilizing a strength recognition and building tool for an individual. And then very similarly for an organization, if, if I take it to an organizational level, you need a training relationship with someone who is coming in, working with your team in order to build these kinds of skills. It is emotional intelligence, the human connection, relationship building connections used to just happen. I think that's a little bit of the struggle with the baby boomer generation. They're like, I don't understand what the big deal is. Like talk, just go talk to people. Right. Connections used to just happen. 
they do not happen as naturally anymore. It is, it, it looks very different. So yeah. I think that as individuals, we need to seek that kind of engagement and empowerment from someone like a coach. And as an organization, you need someone who's willing to come in and balance the skills you are teaching at an academic and technical level. And that brings in the emotional intelligence of the human connection. Well, when you bring up a point, and, and I run across this a lot, and, and, and you know, you and I both kind of do some of the similar things. And so um, yeah. what what they need oftentimes is somebody that knows the business, the industry, to be an external voice. So th typically, I don't go in and I mean, there's a few things that I are brand new to some of the experienced folks or maybe the manager. All the things that we typically do, they could do in-house. It's like... I can roof my house, but the roofer does it every day, all day, and knows all the tricks and the fastest way to get engagement. And so what they get with that, and, you know, I mean, we're sort of promoting ourselves as, you know, bringing someone externally. Now, if you do it all internally and you have someone that's dedicated, that's great. It's like the manager as their coach. That's awesome, but it's a different role than being their manager or their leader. There's, And so yeah. you, you can do it. It's just if you don't do it well, the, it goes poorly and you don't get the results. And I think oftentimes you bring someone in from the outside and it's an external voice. They've gone industry to industry to industry and know or company to company, you know, grain, feed, sit, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. And so they, they get a feel for what works with teams. You mentioned role plays. I will tell you that I started out doing those as well and I had poor results from engagement. And I slowly started to structure the role plays to where I had it narrowed down to where you got to do this specific skill. It's not wide open. It's not haze the rookie. It's not doing it up in front where everybody gets embarrassed. It was all these rules of how to do it that you learn from over now a, a company on their own could go out there and try and do it. And it, it, it it's just a right. one of those things that I think so I, I love your advice of working with an assessment. And I'm a, a big believer in DISC as a, as a baseline. It's one of the, the, the basic, yeah. how to, how to read people. Then when you go behind that, you have the internal ones like strength finders you mentioned. And, and of course, Myers-Briggs and some of those are great, but, but the disc is, is kind of like the base of, if you're not using that to sell, it's like saying, Hey, I got one tool in life and that's the hammer. And I just go do everything with a hammer. You sell from your, yeah. your disc style and you don't know that there's other styles. You think people are you know, a certain personality because they want to be that personality and not realize they're wired that way. They're wired that way since they were, right. you know, five years old and, and they want to control the world. And if you sell to them differently, then you're, you're, you may sell them by luck, but probably would yeah. be a lot faster if you, if you adopted the fact that there's a few different personalities in the world. And, and so I appreciate that. Well, yes. Jody, how would, how would folks get a hold of you if they wanted to work with you, contact you, follow you, do all that kind of stuff. Where are you at? I'm sure you've got a website and a, and hopefully you're on LinkedIn. Yes. Somewhere. I'm a huge proponent of LinkedIn. So I always start there. Uh, so Jody Lynch Finley and it's J O D I Lynch is L Y N C H Findley is F I N D L E Y. So I am on LinkedIn. You can find me very easily there. My website is Jody speaks So J O D I speaks life. My life is living, inspired, fulfilled, and empowered. And so you can find me in both of those places, which can easily get you in touch with me through LinkedIn messenger or my email uh, connection via the website. So 
Perfect. Those would be the the best two places. Excellent. Well, we'll we'll put those in the show notes and all that kind of stuff and make sure they can get a hold of you. Jody, thank you so much for being on here today. And and hopefully we've inspired some folks out there. If I always say if at least one person got inspired, then we we were successful and spent spent the time well. So appreciate you being on. Absolutely. Today. Thanks for having me, Greg. So much fun. Thanks for all you do. Um, I love this. Again, I I am uh, absolutely in support and a proponent of anything that we can do to support our young people that want to pursue these careers and especially supporting them through the uh, student to professional transition. So thanks for having me. Thank you. I hope today's podcast helped you on your journey to be the best ag sales professional possible. Now, you can always access more blog articles, podcasts, and training opportunities, both virtual and in person, on my website at www.gregmartinelli.net. Thank you, and have a great day.